Professional wrestling is the one true sport. Other sports have their share of intense dramatic moments, but nothing can compare with professional wrestling. Welcome to Wrestling History X, where three friends come together to talk about the stories behind the matches. I'm Matt. I'm Junkyard Mike. I'm Shit Show Shane. <laughs> Welcome to episode 76. We made it. Halloween Havoc 1992. Spin the wheel. Make the deal. 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 Halloween Havoc, guys. Come on. <laughs> hey, we're festive. We're, we're willing, wearing our uh, Halloween mm-hmm. gear. Yeah, I got my. Michael's wearing actual Halloween Havoc shirt. Yeah, I'm full gear. Uh, Outside of my junkyard dog cup full of beer, I've got WCW shorts on. You've got your your John Carpenter's Halloween shirt on. The night he came home. Mm -hmm. And this is the night that we pray for a good Halloween Havoc. Or we're scared that it won't be. I mean, I'm definitely afraid that it won't be, but I'm hopeful that we will get one. Yeah, back around this time, there was a, a song where somebody actually said, we got to pray just to make it today. Do you know who it was? I have MC no idea. Hammer. Oh, okay. So he was too legit. To too quit. Legit, yeah. Hey, hey. So this is the fourth annual Halloween Havoc produced by the WCW. It would take place on October 25th, 1992 at the Philadelphia Civic Center in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, with an attendance of 7,000 people. It's probably maxed out, I'd imagine. Yeah. It looked pretty full. Yeah, I mean, these civic centers, they're not that big. <laughs> so when one goes to Philly, Shane, what would, what should one get? One should get a cold beer from Patty's Irish Pub. <laughs> Come um, on. <laughs> There's cold I mean, beer everywhere. That's a good choice as well. Yeah. I mean, I want to go hang out with Dennis and Dee and Charlie and Mac and all of them. But if anybody's been listening to the show lately, they, they know that food is kind of a thing. I do like my drink, but food is, is kind of a thing. So Philadelphia, you're, uh, you got your, your cream cheese. You got your uh, bell-shaped chocolate. I'm trying to think of other stuff, but it's not coming to mind. Except Bell-shaped for chocolate? You yeah, got me there. Liberty Bell. Liberty Bells in Philadelphia. They, I don't know they turned it into a chocolate. Yeah, but I'm sure they have chocolate in the shape of a bell. Oh, today. so you're just making this up. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Winging it. Yes, so, yeah. junkyard Mike. <laughs> yeah. I'm a shit show, don't you know? <laughs> so yeah, Philly. You think of Philly, you think of a Philly cheesesteak. And unfortunately, we don't live in Philadelphia. We live in Oklahoma. So getting an, a, a, an authentic Philly cheesesteak is a little difficult. So I went with a, an Oklahoma variety. We, uh, I, I, I hit up the, the crew here and said, hey, where is your best cheesesteak option in Oklahoma City? And the mall food court, Charlie Steak. I contemplated that. <laughs> Honestly, when I looked up best cheesesteak in Philadelphia, about it threw me a do. local ad for Charlie's at the mall. I mean, that's just the internet... Uh... <laughs> getting worse than it is every day. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so we went through a, a couple of Oklahoma varieties. The first one being Texadelphia, which is based out of Austin, Texas. But we've got a, a lovely corporate or franchise, I don't know, 
Either way, we've got one here in our Bricktown area. We got what we could get. Exactly. We got a Texadelphia. sandwiches. And then we also went to a new place that opened up here in Oklahoma City. It is actually a local place. Because, local. yeah, support local. Eat local. Be local. Um, come see us. We've got uh, Texadelphia downtown, and now the Oklahoma variety of it. They had to put their own spin on the clever, genius branding name. And we have a Philly Homa. So I decided we're going to battle it out, have a battle of the uh, the, the, the cheesesteaks. Is I see the name, and I know exactly what they're going to feed me. That is a good point. That is a good point. Truth. But in Philly, you've got your your places who claim to have the best. So the the two main ones, my brain just went blank. I know one of them's Geno's. I've never been to Philadelphia. Uh, Geno's and Pat's. Pat's. So yeah, we decided to have our own little local battle of the cheesesteaks cheese and see which is better, the Texadelphia or the Philly Homa. Ingredients-wise, we have the same ingredients on them. It's the uh, the steak, the green peppers. The Texadelphia also has red peppers included. There's some grilled onions, some mushrooms, and some cheese Whiz. So, fellas, have you decided which one you think might be your favorite? I have. Matthew? Continue. What's it going to be? I'm going with the Philly Homa. Philly Homa? That's what's up. I was scared you were going to go the other way. Yep. This is the, a greasy-ass little sandwich. The, <laughs> the bread mm-hmm. was much better. Yep, soft. And the The amount of cheese was, was uh, excessive, and it should be. It's the perfect amount. Yeah. yeah. My only... I like that one better, too. The, the meat even had more flavoring to it. Agreed. Um, my only thing that I would change is to... I'm one who likes to have my cheese melted in and mixed in. That, yeah, that blob on top, on top, it just it gets lost in my beard and my mustache, so I want it mixed in so it can get caught in my Don't dox yourself. My chin. Saying you have a beard and a mustache and live in Oklahoma. Do what? Every person has a beard <laughs> and mustache in Oklahoma. <laughs> it doesn't have a special name. I don't use any beard oil or gun oil or anything I think like it's, that. So I it's think it's fun that we all agreed spicy. on the same way. I was like Matt was like, I have a winner. I do too. I hadn't had either one of these before. So and you know, True to form, I gotta take a bite on air because that's just what I do. But it won't make any noise because I didn't toast this bread myself, so it's not rock hard. But while he's munching down on that, the same weekend, the first film of Quentin Tarantino would be released to theaters Reservoir Dog. It's a solid movie. So, give a favorite Quentin Tarantino film? Like, I'm the asshole that says Jackie Brown. That's a good one. Um, that's in the top three. <laughs> okay, cool, cool, cool. Honestly, uh, I was surprised at how much I liked the latest one, which was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, that movie was long, but not boring, and I just it was a good hangout movie, and I thought that it was really sweet that he changed history for somebody that something so horrific happened to. I thought that was like kind of charming, and I really appreciated it. Because I was knew what the movie was kind of a about or centering on and I was waiting for that to happen and when it you know subverted my expectations I thought that it was just like a really nice thing to kind of do in you know when everybody expected him to exploit this thing that he like stopped it from happening I thought was like legitimately a cool and nice thing to do and I got it and it made me feel good even though there was horrific violence on screen but you know horrific violence on screen is not horrific violence in real life that's the part that as I was watching Once Upon a Time in Hollywood 
got into the story, got lost in the movie, and then and then Quentin you get Tarantino. You're like biting your nails, like, no, I don't want to well, no, see then, this. Then it gets to the, the 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 classic Tarantino moments, and then you remember that, oh yeah, I'm watching a Tarantino movie, so anything um, can still happen. Yeah, blood's about to start flying, and you know heads are going to be blown off, and. But yeah, I didn't. Love... But he did the same thing in Inglorious Bastards. He did, yes. And Inglorious Bastards is my favorite. Oh, is it Tarantino film? I mean, a lot of it's because of Christoph Waltz. Yeah, the film in that movie is just perfect. He's great. But the final scene, like just turning history kind of on its head a little bit, Tarantino. Yeah, which I guess it. we kind of, kind of should have maybe expected that in this movie, but. Well, I just of, didn't know. The I, thing about I, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, if you go into that film without knowing a whole lot about Manson, yeah, you kind of get lost, yeah, in not in in what's going on, yeah. Because I it's I a, had no clue like what some of the characters what like what the point was, yeah. And until I actually got out of the film and like had conversations with people made me appreciate the film huh. more. I can I can see that. It was just so such a it was what I I was out with one of my good friends and we were like didn't expect it to like it as much as it did and it was like that was I could just that movie could have been another 2 hours longer cuz I was just having such a good time hanging out there with those people. I'd but, love to see, I'd love to see DiCaprio get a, another acting on We'll see. Cuz that the scene with the little girl But anywhere. Where's War Dogs? But Reservoir Dogs. But Reservoir Dogs. Though. But hey, mine. You guys said yours. I didn't get to say mine yet. Oh, what's your favorite? I'm torn. Um, it's hard. It's a hard choice. Kill Bill. Are you stuck in the middle? Kill Bill, the, <laughs> the, the whole assortment or collection, whatever you want to call it. Both, that was both the, first, the first movie that actually made me want to see another samurai style movie. I mean, honestly, Kill Bill is really important to me because I'm a huge samurai like yeah. film guy, and that's what started it for me. Uh, so it's like really, really important to me, and I've seen those movies a bunch of times. But when I think about Tarantino now, like it's not my favorite, but it's super important because it turned me on to a genre of film that like I covet, and it's like one of like my favorite things is samurai films whether they're the exploitation violent ones or your kurosawa classics like i just and see i'm one oh. who likes weird quirky independence so four rooms has always been and i know oh, yeah, had one portion of that movie but just that that movie as a, a collective is it's fun but wcw also brings it around by bringing back the animation of the creepy house <sighs> Sting howls at the moon with oh. ghosts of participants from the evening flying towards the screen. It's like the same house, but it's got same animation, but they like had new wrestler animations. Yeah, this this opening segment here is like the nasty orange and black taffy oh, candies that they hand you out or yeah, hand out at Halloween. It's, it's so just, good. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, it's purple and orange, gross. and a little bit of white. <laughs> Tony Schiavone and Bruno Sammartino welcome us to the show, and they start discussing the spin the wheel, make, make the, the deal. deal stipulation, as the match is non-sanctioned by WCW. They then give us a list of the 12 matches that are on the wheel. We got a Texas Bull Rope, Spinner's Choice, Russian Chain, Dog Collar, I Quit, Barbed Wire, Cage Match, 
Lumberjack with Belts, <laughs> a Prince of Darkness match. <laughs> what is that? A Texas Death match, a Coal Miner's Glove match, and a First Blood match. Can I ask you guys? You all assumed it was going to be First Blood, right? That was my <laughs> assumption. I was like, well, it's the last one on the wheel, and it sounds like kind of the kind of the best one. No, I honestly, I was going for just because it was one of the only ones I hadn't heard of. I figured Coal Miner's Glove or the uh, Lumberjack with Belts because I haven't um, seen a Lumberjack with Belts one. Yeah, I was just like, it's First Blood. It's got to be First Blood. But we'll to, get there. To answer your Prince of Darkness mm-hmm. question, it is a basically a blindfold match. Oh, well, we've already seen the only and best blindfold match ever. Exactly. Rick Martell. Considering these two... Jake the Snake. If Jake had a submission move, then I Quit Match would have probably made sense. But In since he doesn't, then I, you know you would figure it'd probably just be a cage match. Probably, yeah. I mean, yeah. If it's gonna be, I didn't think it was gonna be a cage because you'd have to hang the cage above unless they put it together. Like they probably the just put it together. Yeah, because they had it hanging out in the, the back. But a cage match, you're going with So I just assumed it was gonna be first blood because all somebody has to do is bleed. Or Jake pulls out a snake. I mean, a first blood match would have made sense as well. I just but don't we'll understand get why a few of these have to be listed on a, a non-sanctioned match. You know, you have I quit matches and cage matches all the time. Well, it's only non-sanctioned because then it wouldn't. The win doesn't really count against the uh, their the record, win-loss. their sporting record. Fair enough. Because wrestling's a sport, goddamn. That's true. They then go to a video package of the Barbarian preparing for his match tonight, being coached by. Cactus Jack. Which just basically means Cactus Jack hitting him in the back with heavy things. Mm-hmm. And, and He's got to be ready for that, that slam. We're told the tag belts will be on the line, but Terry Gordy is not here. And then we see another video package showing conflict between Dustin Rhodes and Barry Windham. What are they mad about? I don't know. I guess what the loss? The We're then told Rick Rude has two title matches tonight. Can he do it? That's what we're here to find out. I mean, I'd love to see Rick Rude in two title matches. Yeah, when I mean, we're going to, right? I, I sure hope so. <laughs> in the NWA title match, there's going to be two referees, with each participant choosing one of their own. And then they send it back to Missy Hyatt, where she's dressed as Cleopatra, and is outside the Ravishing One's locker room. And she plans to find out what is going on. Thanks, Missy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she's going to vote for Jesse for president. Yeah, of course she is. We Ooh. then head out to ringside, and JR and Death is there. I mean, Jesse the Body Ventura. Oh, his beautiful mask. I popped for his mask. <laughs> and Jesse then goes over each of the stipulations in the spin the wheel, make the deal. Mm-hmm. Only, and, only after calling JR ugly to his face. <laughs> and JR just is like, I don't know what to say to you, man. <laughs> But JR does tell us that they have some anti-cobra venom on hand, just in case. Yes, the snake is there. So we're off to our first match. The Enforcer, Arn Anderson, beautiful Bobby Eaton, and Michael PSAs versus Z-Man, Johnny Gunn, and Shane Douglas in a six-man tag match. I know somebody popped for Shane Douglas, but who is Johnny Gunn? Well, Johnny Gunn. Do you know who Johnny Gunn is? I do. Do you? Tell us who he is. I know him from uh, a few years later during his time in WW. I think it was still F then, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's WWF. definitely F. Salvatore Sincere. 
who, yeah, he was around for Basically, a couple years. Basically, to me. Yeah. It's like Razor Ramon without the edge or the talent mm-hmm. or the fans. Or the toothpick. Or anything. Yeah. Really. <laughs> and he wore, like, similar colors. He'd throw some purples or some pinks on there, but, yeah. Uh, and then looking him up, just because I had to make sure that's who he was, apparently him and Z-Man were a tag team off and on over the years. All right. That's very true. We haven't seen Shane Douglas since the Royal Rumble 1991, which was episode 52. Match gets going with Anderson hammering away on Gun, only for him to leap up and over a charging arm, deliver a drop kick, but Double A comes out with a knee to the gut and heads up to the top rope, which Z-Man catches him with a drop kick to send Anderson to the floor. No mats. We got no mats, guys. It's important. Followed by the rest of his team being drop kicked off the apron as well. Heels on the floor, man. Eaton slams Zink's head into the turnbuckle and starts to run the ropes, only to receive a back body drop and a drop kick from the Z Man. Arm dragged by Douglas on Beautiful Bobby, followed by a back body drop, a head scissors, and a leg drag. Got a lovely Jesse quote in here around this time, too. About Shane Douglas looks like a right wing Republican. Oh yeah, <laughs> Jesse's getting uh, you know a little less uh, insults and bringing some of his, the, his politics in here. Zinc with a sleeper on Arn, which he escapes with a back body drop. Fans are cheering for the heel. Oh man, this crowd is lit. Mm-hmm. They are wrestling fans. Let me tell We're you. We're in Philadelphia. Yes, we are. The last time we were in Philadelphia, all the heels got cheered and all the faces got booed. Also, this I don't and know. Up I don't know if I want to talk about it now. I guess we have to because the show has started. But this is the, our first sighting of Hat Man. Hat guy is in the front. Hat row. guy is in the front row. That's right. I'm gonna have to pull that back up when I get ECW home. ECW Hat Guy Man from Philly. That's right. There's they're like the OG like smart fans. P.S. with the running elbow drop. Falling elbow drops and begins wearing down Z-Man before delivering a swinging neckbreaker. Eaton forces Zink into the veteran's corner where Z-Man is firing up to escape, delivering an inverted atomic drop to beautiful Bobby, who makes a blind tag as he was lifted high up into the air. Only for double A with a massive clothesline and the crowd loves it. <sighs> Hayes locks on a camel clutch before trying to go for a vertical suplex. But Zink reverses it into one of his own and jumps over to his corner for the hot tag. Douglas in with right hands on everybody, goes for the suplex on Anderson, only for Eaton to go low, clipping the knee. Arn begins working over Shane's leg, and beautiful Bobby comes off the top rope with a knee drop to the same leg, followed by locking on the figure four, using leverage from PS. It's funny that he's like holding his pulling on the leg but then the, he pulls his hands off of the like foot that he was cranked on to put his hands backward to get the leverage and I'm like I think it would have hurt worse if you were just yanking <laughs> on my foot it was I love the leverage but this one was one where I was like oh okay well I know what you did here but mm. Douglas gets the figure four rolled over so Eaton just makes the tag to double A who continues the attack on Shane and we get a 10 minutes remaining call. Douglas reverses an Irish whip, sending Anderson into the corner, which he bounces out of and into an inverted atomic drop, which sends Arn headfirst into the turnbuckle 
and bouncing out again only for the two men to hit heads for a double KO. Shane crawls to his corner for another hot tag. Guns in with right hands and a back body drop to PS. Body slam on Eaton and Hayes. Everybody's now in the ring where Z-Man hits a super kick on PS. Followed by a Thez press by Gun for the pin and the win. Good on you, Gun. Thez press win, why not? Out of the six men in this match, who thought Johnny Gun was going to be the one getting the pin? Yeah, my hand is not raised. No. There's not going to be any one of us. <laughs> yeah. I literally thought he was the one that was going to take the pin. I would have assumed that, but hey, maybe that's why WWF snatched him up when they could. <laughs> Got the pin in his debut pay-per-view. We then go to Missy Hyatt outside Rick Rude's locker room, and she still can't get in when Harley Rice walks up. He denies her access as well, and she says that's the first time she's never been allowed into a locker room. <laughs> she literally makes fun of herself. Yes, yes. But she, you know, she's a young, strong woman, and she tries to push herself in. Just to get pushed right back out. We then go to Tony and Bruno on the stage, and they discuss Harley and what he could be up to. He's up to something. Didn't expect Bruno to show up here again. It's like, yeah, that's cool. I guess... Well, like I said last week, WCW's paying him. They want him to do yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. Where's old, uh, old Bischoff? Who knows where he is. Maybe he was... Maybe this was around the time he was interviewing for McMahon or something. <laughs> uh, I just know that Tony, in this little scene here, he has, like, American psycho killer crazy eyes going on. <laughs> I was talking about how Tony's been kind of getting hot recently. This is not t- hot Tony. No. Just saying. This is coming down off of a, a weekend bender with... This is bloated uh, Tony. Super eight balls. Oh, we don't know what the man did. Oh, we know. We're off to our second match. Flying Brian Pillman versus Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. <sighs> Look at Pillman. He's so cocky now. He's so mean. But, I, I, it. but I, I got that boat pop, man. So Steamboat was the television champion the last time we saw him. Yes. He had just won it off Steve Austin. But he had lost the belt to Scott Steiner about a, a couple weeks before this show. But as I mentioned last week, the Steiners are off to... MIA. Off up north. Northern so, Pastures. I doubt we ever see Steiner with the television championship. Uh, yeah. So the match gets going with the two men trading chops early on, and Ricky tries to win it with multiple shoulder blocks before Pillman tosses him over the ropes. But Steamboat skins the cat, comes back in for an O'Connor roll, but when kicked out, the dragon goes head first into a turnbuckle. Fine Brian with the body slam begins to taunt the crowd, and Ricky starts to get up but decides to play possum so that when Pillman comes to pick him up, Steamboat pulls him face down. Oh, it's so good. I love it. And, like, just the veterans are getting... It's not even heels. It's just, like, the 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 guys. The, the, the guys that have been around are the ones that are getting, like, the big cheers. We get a back body drop, body slam, a double choke lift by Ricky. Once the Irish whip Brian, but the youngster's knee keeps giving out. Or is it? Mm. As Pillman comes from behind with a forearm to gain control. 
Flying Brian with a head scissors takedown goes for a hip toss, only for Steamboat to reverse it into a backslide pin attempt. Pillman with a face plant, chokehold, sets the dragon on the top rope and slaps Ricky hard. Goes up for the superplex, but Steamboat pushes Flying Brian off the ropes, leaping off the ropes himself with a flying crossbody, only for Pillman to catch him with a drop kick. This is the kind. This is what we're two here. Counts. This is what we're here for. Tanya, love me some heel Pillman. Mm-hmm. Back body drop by the dragon, but Flying Brian reverses an Irish whip and applies a sleeper, only for Ricky to ram Pillman multiple times into a turnbuckle, face first, to escape. Brian stays on the attack from the apron, guillotine steamboat on the top rope, and goes to the top. But the dragon is there to press slam him off. Pillman rolls to the floor to regroup, which Ricky follows out, rolling Pillman back in, but Pillman takes advantage with a knee lift as Steamboat is getting back into the ring. We get a chop fest from the two, so Flying Brian rolls out to the floor once again, only for the dragon to slam his head on the apron before rolling him back in. Pillman goes to try the same little trick that he just tried, but Ricky trips him up this time. Irish whips Brian hard into the corner, but charges into a knee and is then caught with a top rope crossbody for a near fall. You can't you can't pull that shit on Ricky Steamboat? Not twice. Steamboat then floats over a suplex attempt, hitting a gut buster for climbing to the top, coming off with a flying sunset flip for a two count. The two then just start rolling over on top of each other several times with roll-ups back and forth until the dragon gets the pin and the win. I know, it's another one of those things where it's like, all right, well, that was a weird finish. <laughs> but, I mean, but I'm not mad. It, was a cool finish. it was a cool finish for sure. But it's not a definitive finish, which yeah. is the smart thing to do. I mean, it's two of your, two of the best better, guys, better, better guys, like, yeah. in work, in-ring guys. Like, you know, you could drag this out for a whole year if you had a belt, if you had a belt involved, maybe. Will we see them face again? I sure Who hope so. Who knows? That's what I'm wondering. It's hard to tell what that dragon, he likes to sometimes <laughs> yeah, yeah. He gets run away. He, he kind of goes all over the place with his matches sometimes. <laughs> Teddy Long's then back in the locker room with Masahiro Chono. Mahiro. CG Sakaguchi, who's the president of the NWA. Kazuki Sasaki. And Hiro Matsuda. Sakaguchi is a member of the New Japan Greatest Wrestlers Club, which is basically their Hall of Fame. Is that the Greatest 18, or that's a different thing? It's a different thing. Okay. All these greatest. Teddy then finds out that Chono has selected Kanzuke Sasaki as his special referee. Long also tells us that a ruling has come down about the U.S. title and sends it to Tony Schiavone on the stage where he's joined by Cowboy Bill Watts. And Watts tells us that Rude has selected Harley Race as his referee, with Gordy suspended, with which basically Gordy suspended means that he just didn't show up to the show. <laughs> Steve Williams has selected Steve Austin as his tag team partner. And does anybody know how why this is a fun little moment? Because JR's two favorite people are going to be in a tag team match together? <laughs> no, because they're both named Steve Williams. Oh, yeah. That comes up later in my, my notes here. But then Watts gets to the Rude deuce and says that Rude went and got legal help 
to get WCW to change the card. Because he thought it was unfair that he had to have two matches. Which I'm just like, that just seems like bad booking, in my opinion. So now Vader is substituting for Rude in the U.S. title match. Well, at least they're part of the same stable. But, I mean... They're not really. Rude's part of the Dangerous Alliance, and Vader has Harley Race. Yeah, but... I mean, there's a gentleman's agreement between Harley and Rude, but... Yeah, Vader's part of the big van super invaders. Hellman super invader or tag team. <laughs> oh, cool. So we get our third match. Nikita Koloff versus Big Van Vader with Rick Rude and Harley Race. See, Rick Rude's there. At least they're trying. In a no-DQ match for the WCW United States Heavyweight Championship. And did you notice... I'm going to give big props to Harley Race for getting a new suit. But who told him to bleach his hair and put all that moose up in it? 1992. <laughs> Heard. <laughs> Thank you. I thought you were going to mention the other hair yeah, faux pas. Yeah, the, the, lock, the lock, lack of lip hair. Yeah. Oh, that he has the, the, the largest upper lip on the planet like you know what no, i don't mind it's it. like tom Selleck and in and out it's just weird i don't mind it. i mean my dad always had like a super big thick mustache uh and he still does to this day but though i remember always when he shaved it it was like what the fuck this is weird but i mean rude's a, a big buff handsome man he pulls it off yeah ole anderson then comes out and informs everyone that rude and race are banned from ringside along with medusa who was already banned by Watts. Yeah, but I mean, maybe the, maybe the crowd doesn't know. So Rude and Race headed off to the back. Koloff and Vader have a pose-off to start before Vader owns Nikita with some stiff shots, an avalanche splash, a clothesline, and then tosses Nik- Koloff out to the floor, only for Nikita to come right back in to retaliate with a forearm and a crossbody for a two-count. Vader goes for another avalanche splash, but Koloff moves this time, cradling Vader up for another two count. This match was just, this, I'm going to say it right now, this match was weird because Nikita is the smaller of the two people and he's doing crossbodies and roll-ups. Yeah, and Vader's going out to the floor, which I believe he does right now. Nikita with another crossbody for a near fall and Vader rolls out to the floor to regroup, only for Koloff to follow out. Slamming Vader's head on the apron. But then Vader responds by sending Nikita into the guardrail and rubber band slamming him off of that as well. With tremendous velocity. JR meant to say that like four times in that little moment there. Oh, yeah. Look at that tremendous velocity! It's great. More damage on the outside by slamming a chair over Koloff's back. And then a fan throws a beer to the side of Vader's head, uh, which Jesse calls out. He does not approve. Yeah. The beer's pretty, not very nice, but I mean, we're in uh, Philadelphia, man. These guys are <laughs> fucking high on cheesesteaks and drunk on beer. They're just showing their brother the love. <laughs> Back up on the apron, Nikita comes in with a sunset flip, only for Vader to just drop down on him, followed by a clothesline. Koloff's fighting back, only for Vader to take him back down with a choke slam. Goes up to the second rope for a splash for the pin, and the no, Nikita kicks out. Yeah, didn't expect. I was like, oh, Vader splash. I mean, come on. Vader goes for a suplex, but Koloff reverses for one of his own, and Nikita begins to rushing up, giving a 10 count of m- mounted punches, shoulder tackles, and a flying shoulder tackle for a near fall. 
Body slam, elbow drop by Koloff from multiple two counts, and then clotheslines Bader over the top rope to the floor. Falls out to continue the attack and goes for a Russian sickle. But Vader moves, and Nikita hits his arm on the ring post. Post, dude. And this explains Nikita getting all the offense early on. Once they're back in the ring, Vader hits an avalanche splash, an elbow drop, and a powerbomb for the pin and and the the win. So Rick Rude is still the champion. Yep. And we get uh, booze from the crowd. Because they're Koloff fans. They're old school. Well. Don't say it. Sad note. Don't say it. This would be Nikita Koloff's final match as his neck injury had become too much for him to bear. Oh, that's sad. Well, I don't know if Nikita Koloff is still alive. But I hope he's he's doing well. He is still alive. And I hope that, uh, you know, he rubbed a bunch of CBD on his neck and is feeling great. He's going around the country preaching. Oh, is he? Yeah. Oh, good for him. Rich man, eh? We then get an ad for Starcade 1992. Yes. Battle Bowl, no! No! How excited no. does Battle Bowl make you? No! You heard it. I said no. <laughs> You'll enjoy it. I, be- I, believe, I believe that it c- can be good. <laughs> I believe that it can be good. I just, you just don't, don't say Battle Bowl to me. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Better. It's different. Teddy Long's then in the back with Steve Williams and Steve Austin. Steve and Steve. And Dr. Death says, trick or treat. Fuck you, Dr. Death. The treat, Steve Austin is my new partner. The trick is you two men have to face us to beat us. I thought he said the, the trick is Missy Hyatt. I mean, that's probably more true. Sorry, I am normally the guy that defends Missy Hyatt, you but there was an person. easy joke. It was an easy joke? So is Missy Hyatt. Oh! oh! That's the better joke. The second... Or is that spin the wheel Woman sound? of... Spin the wheel! <laughs> Missy Hyatt's then with Barry Windham and Dustin Rhodes. And I mean in the back interviewing them. And Missy says, Can you two, Ben, put your differences aside? And Barry, we have no problems. We'll find out. Let me see here. So our fourth match. Stunning Steve Austin. And Dr. Death Steve, Steve Williams. Versus the natural Dustin Rhodes... And Barry Windham for the unified NWA and WCW Tag Team Championships. I love that Steve Williams is billed as from Nagoya, Japan, because he's just like a stalwart in like Japanese wrestling at this point, where he is performing and has like multiple belts in different Japanese promotions. Like he is like not quite Stan Hansen popular over there, but like he is big shit over there. Yep. So Rhodes and Windham had won the tag team belts earlier in the month on an episode of WCW Saturday Night. But the two had been bickering off and on ever since. And that's kind of the what Missy was talking about. And they, they, they had won them from Williams and Gordy, yeah. the Miracle Violence Connection. And now Gordy has decided to not show up for the show. Awesome. So that's why Austin is tagged in here. So the match gets going. It's a back and forth between Williams and Rhodes. We get a three-point stance off. Until, the tackle of strength yeah. and your TOS. Until Doc leapfrogs a charging Dustin. Nails him with a clothesline. A three-point stance, but Dustin retaliates with a clothesline of his own. And bef- in even before the first 
strong boy move. JR is nuts to chin on Dr. Death. The Texans start working on Williams' arm until Rhodes drops kicks Doc into his corner, allowing Austin to tag in. But the Texans just begin to work over stunning Steve. 25 minutes remain. Did you guys hear about that Oklahoma-Kansas game? <laughs> Kansas no. with the upset that weekend. It was. Oh, Do man. you know the score? I don't. I looked it up. It was <laughs> October 24th. Memorial Stadium in Lawrence, Kansas. That's not what we're here to do. That it was aired on pay-per-view. How many people were at this show that we're talking about right now? 7,000. 7,000. At the attendance of this football game was 43,500 yeah. people. Kansas kicked Oklahoma's ass. And JR does not want to talk about 10. JR is very upset that Jesse is... Uh, it's, it's very obvious. JR is like not having it. Normally he's pretty playful. With his, like, no-selling of JR shit. But he takes this one pretty personally. Oh, yeah. This one hurts. I mean, you, you got his Oklahoma boy in the ring there, and now you're talking about Oklahoma mm-hmm. getting their ass kicked by Kansas, of all people. It was funny and the perfectly the perfect bad taste that I want from Jesse Ventura. Austin avoids a corner charge and tries for a monkey flip, but Dustin shoves him off and hits a lariat for a two-count. Wyndham's in with a lariat of his own, a suplex, until stunning Steve escapes the attack with an irate. Williams and Barry with a slugfest until Wyndham whiffs on a crossbody, crashing out to the floor. And we have 20 minutes remaining. Doc tries to bring Barry in from the apron with a suplex, but Wyndham floats over and rolls up Williams for a two count. The Steve start working over Barry with a second rope elbow drop, vertical suplex by Austin, forearms by Williams, until Wyndham reverses an Irish whip and locks on a sleeper only for Doc to charge into a corner to send Barry face-first into the turnbuckle. Williams then hits a crossbody and a power slam for the Steves to be back in control. And we have 15 minutes remaining. Austin sets up Wyndham for a superplex, only for Barry to punch him off and hits a flying lariat for the near fall. The two then run into each other for the double KO, and Barry falls backwards to the corner for the hot tag. Rhodes in with right hands, bionic elbows to both Steves, a leaping lariat and bulldog on Austin, makes the cover only for Williams to make the save. Dustin then leapfrogs a back body drop by stunning Steve, but Doc is right there with a clothesline to take the natural down. Now the Steves start working over Rhodes. Williams with a Boston Crab, Austin with a Canadian backbreaker, only for Austin, only for Dustin to kick off the ropes to get off of his shoulder. Back body drops stunning Steve and falls on top of him for a two count, which Austin then bridges out of and turns it over looking for the backslide, but the natural's too strong and rolls Steve over for a backslide pin attempt of his own. But Austin's up and hits a clothesline as the 10 minute call is heard. The Steves continue the attack on Rhodes with a power slam by stunning Steve a double underhook and belly-to-belly from Doc. Five minutes remain. Williams continues to wear down Dustin with a headlock. Austin comes in with a half-crab as we hit four minutes remaining. The natural escapes by hammering on stunning Steve's quads and desperately tries to tag out as three minutes remain. The tag is finally made, but the ref is distracted by Doc running in, so he doesn't allow it. The Steves then toss Rhodes over the ropes to the floor and begin to brawl with Wyndham. 
But as Barry goes to pick up Austin for a body slam, the ref is knocked down by one of his feet. Wyndham with an Okada roll on Stunning Steve, but Williams with a clothesline to knock Austin on top. Nick Patrick then runs down, jumps into the ring, and makes the three count. But the original ref, Randy Pee-wee Anderson... Don't call me Pee-wee. Randy, don't call me Pee-wee Anderson. (laughs) ...is back in the ring, waves it off as the bell rings, and the two-minute notice is heard. The time is then put onto the screen... So, like, you know what's going to happen. Counting down as the natural is in the ring. He goes for an O'Connor roll on Stunning Steve for a two count. But the bell rings again for no reason. Wyndham and Doc brawled on the outside as Rhodes hits a clothesline and an elbow drop, both for near falls. One minute remains. Austin pulls Dustin into the turnbuckle to dazing. Goes for the tombstone pile driver, only for the natural to reverse it for one of his own, but he doesn't make the cover right away as he's still dazed. I mean, Dustin, Dustin took it hard this match. Mm-hmm. Rhodes finally makes the cover, but Williams breaks up the pin as time ticks away for a time limit draw. Bum, bum, bum. You knew, I was like, this match is going, and then all of a sudden, as soon as they put the time on TV, I was like, well, I know what you're doing now. I mean, once they got to like five minutes remaining, you know they're going the distance. <laughs> yeah. You'd assume so, but, you know, I would have been disappointed if they didn't go the distance. Well, maybe not. I feel they had, their, they had their timing a little messed up because the, the last few seconds, like the last 20 seconds or so, it was kind of sloppy. Yeah. And in this match, I think, is the first time we get... At first, I was like, what are they chanting? What are they chanting? It's earlier in the match where they, like... Somebody pulls Dr. This arm into the post or whatever, mm-hmm. and... Uh, you can hear the crowd, you know, those those smart Philadelphians chanting something. And I thought it was, we want Sting. And I was like, that's weird. But later in the show, I realized they're chanting, we want Flair. Because this crowd gets ornery in a disrespectful way, <laughs> even though they are the like hottest crowd we've seen in a, in a minute for WCW. Well, you know what? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm with them. I like this match. But you know what's more boring than Dr. Death, Steve Williams? Not much else. <sighs> Terry Gordy. The answer is Terry Gordy. Yeah, I mean, Terry Gordy and Steve Williams together. Dr. I want to love I Dr. Death. Maybe I just need a... I don't want to get the... On a death, uh, a, a death roll, a death note, a death... Rattle? Yes. Maybe I need to hear <laughs> the death rattle. I don't know. I just... I've never understood the, the hype behind him all these years, and still all these years later, I don't understand why he was a thing at all. I, I want to love he, him. Because Hill and JR were best friends, so that's the only uh, reason. Yeah, but he's like, he got over in Japan, so I just want to know. Because, like, Stan Hansen, it's like, well, Stan Hansen's like a character. Gaijin may go over there and, like, are big and tough and can work that style. Yeah. Steve Williams, like, on the mat is pretty interesting. It's just that that's not really what's. I don't know. I want to like him. I do. Uh, And I've I've talked on here. Give me Austin and Rhodes on a continuous loop forever. Oh, yeah. I hate Dr. Death. The only good thing he... The only good thing is... When he got punched out by... The only uh, good thing is he made Austin change his name. Stone Cold or Stunning Steve Williams just doesn't sound as badass. Thing I wrote in here. Oh, yeah. More Austins and Rhodes. Squee! (laughs) (laughs) And then there was also a part of the match, too, where Austin was trying to pin Barry Windham and was using some tights... And Jesse, the 
politician in the making that he is gave the quote. I think he's of, already been a mayor at this point. Yeah. I don't think he had become. Is he already governor? No, not yet. Not yet. Okay. Not governor, but I think he's been a mayor at least at some point. Yeah, his, uh, his comment was because Austin tried to pin Barry using the tights. Jesse says, if you can get away with it, grab him. Mm. So he's like a <laughs> Nixon Republican. <laughs> we then go to the stage. Tony Schiavone's there with Polly Dangerously, Vader, and Harley Race. And Polly basks in his own glory about the idea of Vader. It was my idea. Subbing for Rude. All me. Me, me, me. Medusa then comes out and shoves dangerously. Paul E. fires her on the spot. Uh, and his promo is mean. Yeah. Nothing but a woman. You're a woman. That's bad because you're a woman. It's really gnarly. It's like, dude, The only chill reason out. we hired her was because the other hooker I had in mind oh had my a God. previous oh, obligation. Yeah, he's basically insinuating that he hired her just to fuck Rick Rude. It is brutal. Medusa then hits a chick kick, and security has to drag her away. A chick kick, Matt. That's what I said. Is that what it's called? Is that her move? Why not? It depends I don't know. on the year. I don't know if that was like a move of hers, or you're just saying, like, she can't kick Polly. It's like, she could easily kick Polly's ass in real life. Sting is then announced, and he comes out onto the stage, and we see a wheel begin rising up from the floor. <sighs> With a skeleton head, the logo attached to the top of it. Two snakes, more smoke. Then Tony Schiavone joins Sting before he pulls the lever. Sting, grab. And the wheel starts spinning. (sighs) And and spinning. And spinning. And spinning. And And it lands on first blood? Coal miner's (laughs) blood match. I mean, Just a, what everybody was hoping for. I mean, for. you know, it was like a looked pretty for like 50, 40, 45, 55. <laughs> That's not math. We got this. But this wheel was a shoot wheel. I, I had a feeling because they show all the gimmicks earlier, but I was like, That's wild to have a gimmick wheel. And like they all have like, they were like, Okay, well, this will be the finish for this. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I, mean, I had is... that, I was eagerly awaiting that answer. I didn't want to look it up, but a shoot wheel. I mean, you know, it's Bill Watts. That, uh, you know, put names into a hat. And yeah. Threw them out on, on, on TV. That one was a little more planned. <laughs> a little bit more. But like, I I like the idea of it legitimately being a shoot wheel. I think that that's really cool. And I guess that's all I really have to say about it. Like that, I'm excited that it was a shoot wheel. Weird that it landed on coal miner's glove, but you know. Whatever, they all were kind of fine with me. Gary Michael Capetta then announces some dignitaries at ringside. C.G. Sakaguchi and Manabu Nakanishi, who's a 90, 1992 Olympian in freestyle wrestling from Japan. But he had also just made his debut as a young lion two weeks earlier. Yeah, I would not expect that. It's kind of like when you were like, oh, this is... Muda, Muda's excursion, like his early WCW work. Yeah. I was like, oh, really? That's, I, I was kind of blown away that that was his excursion because outside of burying him in one night, they really booked him heavy. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I just assumed Naganishi was like a name. It's like, oh, no, he's just a, he's just a promising getting, young lion. He was an Olympian, so there's up. that, yeah. But if you know New Japan Pro Wrestling, Naganishi in 2020 would retire early in the year. He would have his final match. So, 
Thank you for your service. That's right. then brings out the two special referees for our next match, which is our fifth match. Ravishing Rick Rude with Medusa. Wait, didn't Paul E. just fire Medusa? He... Nobody fires Medusa. You can't stop love. That's right. Versus Masahiro Chono with Hiro Matsuda for the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship with Kenzuke Sasaki and Harley Race as special referees. Rude grabs the mic and calls all the Philadelphia fans flabby, out of shape, inner city sweathogs. The last thing's pretty accurate. Ole Anderson's also in the ring. And before he tosses the coin to determine which referee is going to be in the ring, he checks both refs for foreign objects. I believe it was at the request of the president of the NWA. Very it was likely. one of the Japanese guys, so. but, it was, but it was one of those. And I thought it was a nice touch. Yeah, it was a very nice touch. But after he's done that, Ole tosses the coin. The shoot, shoot coin? Shoot wheel, shoot coin? I, I, I can't say that it was a shoot coin. Okay. Probably All wasn't. right. I just, just ask it. And Harley Race will be the referee inside the oh, ring. Oh, yeah, so not a shoot coin. Yeah. Now it's just shoot everything you got. <laughs> Harley and Ole nearby. Match gets going. The two men have a very drawn-out, feeling-out process. USA! USA! The ravishing one gets the action going with a body slam. Several elbow drops, only for Chono to go to work on the back of Rude. Finally, the ravishing one escapes to the outside to regroup. And Medusa's there rubbing his back when Sasaki comes over to get Rude back into the ring. Chono brings the Ravishing One in with a vertical suplex, continues to work the back with hard Irish whips, snap mares, and turns him over into a Boston Crab and a Camel Clutch. And ten minutes have elapsed. Rude fires back with a jawbreaker, double throat thrusts to break the momentum, but Masahiro goes for a sunset flip, only for the Ravishing One to stay up and punch down. Swinging Neckbreaker by Rude for a two count until Chono fights out of a chin lock and into an STF. But the Ravishing One blocks, only for Masahiro to work a toehold. I can't stand all the boos from this crowd that I was excited for earlier, and they're so mean. And the hat guy, the ECW hat guy, is just like yelling at Medusa, and she's like, no selling it, but you know he's saying some shitty stuff. Because he's he a just, man. Because he's being a fucking dickhead. She's a dickhead. woman. Yeah, yeah, he's a man, man, man. She's a woman, woman. Well, I, in my opinion, he should be fired, fired, fired. And 15 minutes have elapsed. Rude with a rake of the eyes, hits a pile driver for a two count, and the ravishing one heads up to go for an axe handle. But Chono backs away to avoid, only for Rude to end up hitting a double throat thrust and a snapmare to regain control. The Ravishing One locks on a sleeper, and Masuhiro is down to his knees. And something more interesting than this match is happening in the crowd. And I was like, well, what's, what could it be? I know Flair's not coming back right now. Uh, it's in Philadelphia, so someone's probably being arrested and taken uh, out. <laughs> yeah. Makes well, sense. I wish it was the hat guy, because he was mean to the first lady of wrestling. too soon for a beach ball. So. Rude then goes up to the top rope, coming off with a drop kick, but Chono avoids. Masahiro then with a mafia kick, but the ravishing one ducks, and Harley Race takes the blow, sending him out to the floor. Man, these Harley Race bumps. Harley Race always taking a bump. Where Sasaki comes to check on Harley. Rude goes for a running turnbuckle smash, but Chono blocks 
and heaves the Ravishing One over the ropes on top of the two refs. Double ref bump. Roots back up to the apron where Masahiro goes for a suplex, only for the Ravishing One to float over and hit the Root Awakening. Make the cover, but both refs are still out on the floor. Medusa, where were you? Rude realizes, so he goes up to the top rope for to hit the knee drop. But Chono moves and turns it into the STF. Of course he does. Both refs roll into the ring, <laughs> and they both call for the bell. Mm-hmm. Kanzuke for the submission. Yes. But Race calls for the disqualification. Well, you know. Post-match. Sasaki raises the arm of Masahiro, but Harley is all, no, he threw the Ravishing One over the top row. Get out of here with that shit. And Capetta gets in the ring to make the official announcement. Rick Rude is the winner by disqualification. Kanzuke shoves Race before body slamming him, while the Ravishing One knocks Chono from the ring. Sasaki then with a drop kick and a clothesline to send Rude out to the floor before clotheslining and suplexing Harley as well. Kazuki then rips his shirt off, leaving the collar, of course. Oh, yes. He's a pure Chippendale shit. And Looking looks like he is challenging Rude as he holds up the belt. Yeah. I did not expect that. I was like, wait, what? Yeah. Like, this was a weird match, and the crowd was not into it, and then the finish was wild and then the like ref bumps the ref bumps but in the ref <laughs> shirt rip i was like okay all right but it was at this point when Suzaki's holding the belt up yeah and looking at rude the challenging that i went wait a second chono's still the champ mm-hmm. yes so harley race disqualified his guy well he disqualified the champ yeah so his guy lost couldn't win the belt yep. mm-hmm. it's one of those things like oh well we disqualified him because it's better than him better than him taking the pinball or submission but he still fucking it's like taps to the you're thing. supposed to be helping your guy get yeah. the belt yeah yeah i get it but like there was no that's like the best he could do was just like kind of you know it's like writing something down in a permanent marker and then using an eraser on it. He's like, well, maybe we can gray it out. No, the best thing you can do is <laughs> not watch this marker. match and go back to the G1, <laughs> the G1 climax G1, yes. and watch that match. Yeah. Because it's just like, how do you, how does Bill Watts and Dusty Rhodes go over to Japan and, and see, see that, that final yeah. and then have them come over here and do this match? Welcome to the South. Yeah. I don't know, man. Supposed to visit the north. They fuck something up. I'm kind of showing my feelings about this one, ain't I? Yeah, it's okay. It's okay too. I I just, it was weird because the crowd was smart. There was even somebody that I saw with a Chono sign. Someone made a Chono sign. They made it on the screen. And crowd has been really great. And then here they just don't give a shit at all. Which these two guys should be. This should be the match that you're yelling and cheering for. Yeah, and honestly, like match on this show, we you. Called that match really quick. There was a lot of stuff that happened, but it was a lot of nothing. It was a lot of uh, holding and like small like takeover periods and whatnot. But they weren't particularly exciting takeover and hold periods, unlike the last match they had, which was honestly more of a like U.S. wrestling match style. Yeah. Weird, weird match. We get another ad for Starcade. 
before JR and Jesse send us to a video package of barbarian training. And we see Cactus Jack driving a sledgehammer into blocks <laughs> that are on the barbarian's back. You gotta strengthen that back for the power slam. It's fun. It's fun. It's fine. I, I have no issue with it. And we go to our sixth match. The Barbarian with Cactus Jack versus Ron Simmons with Teddy Long mm-hmm. for the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. Teddy Long with a bunch of gray-suited security. So, this match mentality, mentality. was supposed to be Butch Reed. Oh, Remember what I said on that last show? So I was right. It even makes the booking decision for the last week's show even worse because Barbarian got the pin. Yeah, Butch Reed should have got the pin because it... To build him up. Yeah, because like, it's not like Ron Simmons was in the match. So what does it matter? But Butch Reed had no show to house show and was fired. And we will never see him again. Um, I hope that he's happy and healthy, but come on, how are you gonna run away? How are you gonna not come show up for that payday? I don't know. I don't know what's. I can't read the man's mind. Simmons then gets a Goldberg esque style entrance with security guards leaning to the ring, and the match gets going. It's very back and forth early on. Well, wait a second. Did you know that Ron Simmons uh, is close personal friends with Burt Reynolds, and he's also Burt Reynolds' favorite wrestler? I mean, it sounds about right. I just figured that that might be really important going into this match. Neither's gaining an advantage until Ron with a flying shoulder block, a drop kick, and a running forearm to force the Barbarian to roll outside to regroup. Back in the ring, the two men go back to brawling until Barbarian has to roll out again to escape. Simmons tries to bring the Barbarian back in from the apron, but the Barbarian guillotines Ron across the top rope to gain control. A little RBS action. Five minutes has elapsed as the Barbarian tosses Simmons through the ropes to the outside. Cactus Jack begins to distract the ref, allowing the Barbarian to roll out and throw Ron into the ring post. Posted. Which would have been a disqualification if the ref had seen it. Because that rule is still in place. What, you can't post somebody? Nope. Since when? Since they changed the rules when Bill Watts came in. But what the top the top rope rule they came back, and I'm rope so rope. mad about it. No, like the over-the-top rope to the floor. Oh, it's still in place. I hate it. Take, take that dog to the backyard, please. Back in the ring, Simmons with a sunset flip for a two-count. But Barbarian is up first and applies a Cobra Clutch, which Ron escapes by backing the Barbarian into the turnbuckle multiple times. Barbie then goes for a top rope elbow drop, only for Simmons to move and turn the momentum change into a spine buster for a near fall. Barbie, I love it. Mm. That just made me a little bit more interested in this match. (laughs) Oh, come on. (laughs) We love Ron Simmons. I love Ron Simmons, but I've spoken about my feelings for Barbarian. Ron delivers a pair of clotheslines, followed by a three-point stance, only for Cactus Jack to distract him from the apron allowing the Barbarian to make it back to his feet to hit the kick of fear to knock Simmons to the floor. Jack rolls Ron back in while Barbie goes up to the top rope for a flying headbutt for the pin, and no, no Simmons kicks out. The Barbarian can't believe it, but follows up with a clothesline. Goes for another, but Ron catches him with a power slam for the pin, and no win. And still, <laughs> sorry. Let's get beat down by 
aim mid Carter, mm-hmm. and then hit our finisher for the win. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Great job of building up your champ. Yes. Yep. I mean, true, but he beat Cactus Jack, and he beat Barbarian. Barbarian's more physically, That's you the know, only thing opposing. For him. Yeah, but like, you don't have Ric Flair out there to drag somebody to a, a masterpiece. So you gotta have some hard-hitting shit, and you also don't have, like, a single Steiner. And you also don't want to bury a Steiner, but, like, who are you? Who would, on this current roster, who would you put out there for him to beat? If, I mean, if all else fails, just fucking turn him heel and let him loose on the baby faces, because right now, the people that they keep throwing at him just it's suck on top of suck on top of suck. You got <laughs> yeah. Junior Cactus Jack, you've got Barbarian, who... Is the most recent reject from up north. Yeah, I mean, they, what do they you... kept Warlord. They, they got rid of Barbarian. It's um, better than, like, Super Invader. Is he? He's got a name, I mean, not a mask on. <laughs> Why not Steve Williams? Yeah, true. Steve Williams isn't going to lose. I feel, I feel like that's probably a, the match, like, the next show. Yeah. It's very possible. At this yeah, point. it is very possible. Ah, it's Abdullah coming I don't know. Back. I'm not super mad about it. I am. It's just. But I'm gonna favorite. save my. I just my don't anger know. And disappointment I don't know for... what else to do here. Like they're not gonna. They're not gonna feed him Sting. I know. They're not gonna listen to me now. They're not gonna feed him Jake. Well, no, because Sting and Jake are in a. Few... Yeah, but even if they I mean, weren't, they, they, they weren't they gonna feed him. They could have gone back to Vader, but they probably want to put the belt back on Vader. And yeah. Also, Vader's probably not gonna lose because uh, I mean, Vader's gonna go to Japan and win a million belts. Him and Pillman played the same position in football, so you know, put them in a match against each other because Pillman just turned heel. Pillman's better than better than what we got. He's Pillman's too but small. But then that means we wouldn't have got the other. So where's my Z-Man? Z-Man versus. <sighs> I, I know. I don't know what to do, but I don't think. I think it was mostly fine. So we go to the stage. Tony Schiavone and Bruno Sammartino are there discussing some of the young talent in WCW. Oh my God! Like uh, Scotty Flamingo, Bruno Minchin, and, and, and uh, what's his Watts, what's his face uh, gun? Brian oh. Pillman. Oh, I forgot about Shane Douglas and Dustin Rhodes, saying they're the future of professional wrestling. That pisses me off that Eric Watts' name got put in there before those other three. Well, it's because Eric Watts then joins the group. Mm-hmm. And yes, if you weren't sure, he is Cowboy Bill Watts' son. Oh, how could you tell? There's nothing like nepotism mm-hmm. in this business. No, no, of course not. But an interesting note about Eric, he was born in Oklahoma City. Mm. I'm sorry, world. <laughs> Watts then says the people got what they paid for. I blame Mary Fallon for that, too. <laughs> Ron Simmons then joins them and says it's never over for a champion. And gives a little rub to Eric oh, yeah. by putting him over. Definitely. I do a little side. You got a long way to go there, kid, but you're going to be something someday. Suck it up to the boss, what I say. And then JR and Jesse preview the next match as the apparatus is being set up on the ring. For the glove on a pole match. Steel toed glove on a pole. Steel toed glove. <laughs> Steel toed. <laughs> so we then get our Chain seventh on match. On a glove on a pole. Jake. The Snake Roberts versus Sting in an unsanctioned coal miner's glove match. God, can we just keep those first one, two, three, four, five, six words? Jake the Snake Roberts versus Sting. Mm, yeah, I mean, that's how we all feel about wrestling, right? I, I just, I, I want them to ditch the whole ending part of it. I agree. You don't want to spin the wheel? Make a deal? Not anymore. 
Okay, well... So the rules of this match... <laughs> are no sold by Shane O'Man. <laughs> are the first person who reaches the glove can use it. To lift a snake. But you still have to win by pin or submission. Mm-hmm. So it's basically just a no DQ match. On a pole. Uh, yeah. yeah. But you get the glove, and like obviously if you get hit punched by a glove with a chain on it, you're done. As if a DDT wouldn't just do it. Would Junkyard Dog go down to a chain on a glove mat? Well, he wouldn't be able to crawl it, but he'd headbutt head, your ass in, his head so into hard. the core of the planet where you would melt. Nancy Kerrigan went down, but she got back up. So the two men are jawing away when Jake just runs for the pole, but Sting catches up to him and body slams him multiple times. The Stinger then goes up for the pole as well, but Roberts pulls him down. The two men start trading blows... When Sting whiffs on a drop kick, so the snake starts working the back before tossing him to the outside. The Stinger runs Jake into the ring post multiple times, Posted. which leaves Roberts hurting. So Sting heads up for the pole, just to be pulled down and hit with a back suplex by the snake. The arm's so hurt that Jake can't take advantage, so the Stinger is up first and starts working it over with an arm bar. Only for Roberts to hip toss him over the ropes, but Sting lands on the apron and is able to stop the snake from climbing by crotching on the turnbuckle. Nasty. The Stinger's back to working the arm until Jake dumps Sting out to the floor and hits him over the back with a chair. Back in the ring, Robert's choking away on the Stinger, goes for a running knee lift that Sting avoids. Then we get a Stinger splash attempt, but the snake moves out of the way and follows up with a short arm clothesline using the hurt arm before hitting the DDT. Ooh, I love the when Sting pulls Jake's arm into the post multiple times. He's just really working that arm. Jake begins to climb when Sting swings around the pole to hit an elbow on Roberts. It's so it's I, I popped for that. You popped for that too, yes, right? I mean, it's, it's so the, good. This is the best thing. He's on the apron. The he's going match. to the post. He runs, swings around the pole like a fucking child playing, not playing tetherball at the tetherball court. And just hits him with an elbow. It's wonderful. Oh, tetherball. I haven't played that in forever. <laughs> yeah, tetherball rules. All of a sudden, Cactus Jack comes running out with a bag in hand, sliding it into the snake. Jake puts a snake handler's glove on while the stinger continues to climb the pole. Roberts pulls out a cobra. A little cobra. While Baby Sting cobra. has grabbed the coal miner's glove, dropped back to the mat, not knowing what the snake has planned for him. The stinger then nails Jake in the kidneys while the cobra starts biting Roberts right in the face. I love it. He like hits him in the side and that makes his jostles his hand that he's holding the snake with carefully and right into his cheek. Right into his cheek like a clothespin. So Sting makes the cover for the pin and, and the win. Cute the entire fish. time with the cobra Biting, biting away his, on Jake. Jake yeah. is jamming this cobra into his face to bite him. He does oh, yeah. get shoot blood, but he is like holding it on his face, yeah. like trying to get the at snake one point, to latch it away. On. Looks at it, makes sure he has it the, make the sure right it's not direction. Dead. Yeah, and then puts it back on. He's just trying to. He's hoping. <laughs> what he's hoping for is that it latches on Macho Man style. Because yeah. Jake doesn't give a fuck. He's higher than fucking you know six kites in high wind. Oh, I mean, to get a good reaction out of a snake. You need a savage. You got a paintbrush. That's, that's what it takes. And unfortunately, we didn't get that. Post-match, the Stinger finally sees what is happening. 
and he just kind of like freaks out for a second. He's like, uh, I don't know what to do. But the snake ends up running off to the back for help with Cactus Jack. Because they have the venom in the back. Obviously. Yeah, yeah. We then go to Tony and Bruno on the stage. And San Martino says, this is just the beginning of this feud. Oh, is it? He thought it would end in that, didn't he? Actually, this would be Jake's final match ah. in WCW. Yep. I wouldn't mind to see them, you know, have a real match where they... Uh, wrestle? Yes, where they, where they wrestle. I mean, they did some wrestling here, but I would like clean finish, no like, no pull, no glove. Like maybe the tease of the snake. Maybe you, maybe you put the snake in a bag and then you lift the um, the the Jim Cornette shark cage. Uh, snake in a cage. Snake in a cage. Snake in a cage match. That's we got draw. these motherfucking snakes <laughs> in these motherfucking <laughs> cage. <laughs> we then go to Jr. and Jesse who recap the evening, say their goodbyes as Pyro goes off before the credits roll. So I ask you, gentlemen, what are your overall thoughts of Halloween Havoc? 1992. Well, it's our first good Halloween Havoc. Not a great Halloween Havoc. Not a great Halloween Havoc, but it's the best one we've had yet. But would you still call it good? I said it was good. It's entertaining. It is not... It was not a hard show to get through. Come on, guys. You're all just staring off away from me. Come on. It's fine. It's mostly fine. Did you hate watching it? Some of it, yeah. <laughs> Get out of here. <sighs> on paper, this should be a good show. Yes. It's a fine show. On, on paper, this should be a great show. And it's I, not a great show. And I, won't I can't say, say that there aren't parts that entertain me. Yes. But some very questionable booking decisions make this a show that I cannot recommend to anyone. No. But is it the best Halloween Havoc yet? <laughs> No. It's a very what? low bar. What? It's, I mean... I can't even think of what the... I mean, I know all the Halloween Havocs we've watched so far have been bad. So it's a very low bar. So, sure, it's the best one. That's all I'm asking for. No. But it's, <laughs> no? it's still a horrible show. It's a... I mean, I think that the... That Clash, the part Clash of, of the Champions 20... Is it easier watch that's more memorable, and I would put it above this, mm-hmm. but I ain't mad at this. I mean, come I'm on, 91, we got the Chamber of Horrors match. That's a better match than this Coal Miners match. True. What, you True. think you're talking Abdullah? Yeah. You think that's yeah. better? Yeah, and you know why? Part of what made it better is they put it at the very beginning. That way they wouldn't disappoint the hell out of everybody with it at the very end. They only did that because of the gimmicks. Yeah. Cactus Jack... Turned the thing from on to I mean, off to shock that's him. The show we <laughs> from got, on to off to shock him. That's the show we got the Ron Simmons-Lex Luger two out of three falls match. Yeah. Oh, that was okay. We got the Rick Rude Phantom. So, I'm going to take back my... It's still a low bar, but it's definitely not the best well, Halloween habit but we've watched. I feel like it's more like even keel, where like there's some extra lows on the other ones, but then maybe like one good match. And I feel like none of these are horrendous. No other Halloween Havoc had been voted on... A major wrestling organization, whatever news feed, as the whatever. worst show of the year, this one whatever. was named the worst wrestling event of 1992. I'm going with there's one good match on this show, and it's Pillman and Steamboat. Yep. Well, Pillman and Steamboat rules. Exactly. <laughs> that shit rules. Like, if you could 
clip out. Wait, am I even on the right show? Hold on, let me look. There's yeah. seven matches. If I could just, again, take Dustin Rhodes and Steve Austin out of that tag team match and just put them in a one-on-one match, that could have been the best match on the show. I don't love that match, and I think that's probably the second best match on the show. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like this is just, like, mediocre as hell watchable show. It is a quick watch. Like I said, there are parts of this show that entertain me, but just overall, there's only one good match, and it's not a show that I'm going to recommend to people. I'm not going to recommend it, but I don't want to shit on it. I don't want to shit on it as hard as you are, but, you know. I want to shit on it, feed it to it, and then yeah. shit on mm-hmm. it again. Good. Where, where's the smart marks at? There. All right. Fuck you. I think it's time we smart it up. So, best moments of the show? Uh, Polly being a real piece of shit to uh, our main girl, Medusa. Okay, that's really good, too. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, Pillman Steamboat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, again, the, the spark of electricity of the man that is Dustin Rhodes and the man who is Steve Austin. I thought Barry uh, looked, I don't know, a little more interesting and better here than he has recently. Had a little more life to him. Yeah, a little bit more life. But maybe that's just because Dr. Death was there. Everybody looks good compared to Dr. (laughs) Death. One day, maybe I'll find a way to love Dr. Death. I don't know. I don't. I don't really want to. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm interested. Everybody deserves uh, a chance. I feel like I've given him chances because again, I've watched some of these things that you haven't got to watch yet, and yeah. it's just. So uh, you're just really excited for him to get punched out by was it Steve Blackman uh, or JBL? Bart Gunn. Bart Gunn. Okay. Yes. I know that story. Well, that's pretty much all the best moments. So let's go ahead and move on to most disappointing. The rest of the show. Yes. I mean, looking at the looking at the match list, I'm like, yeah, I see why you guys are upset, but I didn't have a bad time watching it. And I normally judge like a good show about being like, holy crap, holy crap, holy crap. A bad show by it being like nails on a chalkboard. Oh my god, I have to get through this. And then like a good or fine show is just one that I enjoy throughout that doesn't drag on me, that doesn't feel like a chore. So I guess that I'm a little less critical in that way, but I can't say you need to watch this show. I, I mean, can say it's fine. It's 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 fun. Fine with a. It's fun. I think it's a clean your house match or a clean your house show. Yeah. It's like oh, That's... you put it on the TV and like you crank it up and you like pick stuff up around the house and look over while you're. While it happens, and then maybe you're like, oh, it's the Sting I mean, Jake thing, so you look over and watch that for a little bit. Because that's about the only way that you're going to be able to ignore Vader, Vader substituting for Rude. Like, just don't have this match on this show. Mm-hmm. Just wait wait and have Va- uh, Rude and, and cool off on another show. I know Dusty wasn't here, but I mean, you sometimes you just got to be uh, funky like a I mean, monkey. So that's decision number one. <laughs> Like decision number two, let's have let's have the tag teams go to another draw. Like we we've already had this match like multiple times. It's just but Austin's Austin's here here instead. That makes it better. Yeah. But you know the original plan was to do this, but with Gordy. Yeah. I'm like they didn't (laughs) change the finish because Austin's in the match all of a sudden. If anything, it got just like 
teeny tiny bit more. Exactly. Yeah, it got yeah. better. Yeah, it got Austin. better because they're because Austin can move. Most disappointing. Watching watching fucking Rude and Chono in Japan, and then turning around and having this. Match. I would. Yeah. I was so confused watching that match. I was just like, I don't know what to do here. I wasn't sure if it was the crowd or if like the match was just bad. I was just so confused. I did pop for Nakanishi's like you know shirt rip or whatever. Sasaki. Yeah, Sasaki's shirt rip. That was very funny, but it was one of those things where it's like, well, we already kind of blew this, so at least this is fun. But at the same time, you lifted the belt, and I was like, what? Uh-huh. Yeah. That's not your his, belt. Rude lost his mustache mojo. Ron Simmons. I, Gets I beat want, up for the entire match. Yeah, I want so much more for him during his And Barbarian's not enough good, enough, good enough heel reign. to pull that off. Yeah, I, I want him to have... A good opponent. I want him to have somebody that people care about watching him fight, not just the next dipshit that they pull out of the fucking dumpster. I still don't know who that is, though. It could be anybody, but they're not uh, trying. Like I said, throw him in there against Pillman. Throw him in there against Austin. Throw him in there against Rude. But instead, you're wasting him on... They don't mind having him lose in other matches. Good point, I guess. (laughs) Good point. I don't know. I think the show is watchable. I don't think... That it, it's not like it, well, it's, it's not like chewing on rocks. It's watchable if you go into it with no expectations and no sense of I'm going to enjoy this. <laughs> okay, all right, <laughs> I get the point, but I thought that it was um, not a chore. I'm okay. I'm gonna go for it. bad show, not a chore. Good show, great show is my new uh, my new ranking, and this is not a chore. Is that is that fair? Look at me in the eyes and tell me it's okay. We're not mad at you for your opinion. I know, it's not a chore, it's just, but it's also a chore as in I know I've just been sent to scrub the inside of the toilet. I know you're not mad at me, but... <laughs> you can have whatever opinion you want. Yeah. I know that it's not good, but I think it was... I'm not telling you to vote for the president. <laughs> I know. That's why we're friends. Most disappointing also, just... The whole but what about spin, spin the, the wheel, wheel, make the deal? We love spin the wheel, make the deal. I, I Don't love you know the video spin the wheel, for make it. the deal? It was a shoot spin. I love the shoot short, spin is cool. I love the short movie for it more than I loved anything else about it. But yeah. what about the fact that it was a True. shoot wheel? Do you like that it's a shoot wheel? No, because it ended up on a fucking it was gonna end coal the same, miner's glove It was going to end the same way no matter what I they know, did. I know, but in hindsight, <laughs> I like that it was a shoot wheel. I didn't expect the shoot wheel. Like, if that's the case, then just make it a cage match. And then just you know lock him yeah, in there with a the big ass fucking snake. Of course we want it. Just put a yeah. snake on a pole match and then have to go and get the fucking snake. But yeah, I mean it was disappointing for me after all that we have seen from Jake over this last year that his first match and a half in WCW was just shit, and then he's done. I mean that that is disappointing. We love we love Jake. Uh, it's a bummer. I'm glad that he's alive. Like I said, <laughs> like, you know what I mean. A but... snake can't truly be a snake without a savage, and we've he seen needs, we've he seen needs a, his we've, savage. We've seen a snake with a model. Hmm? We've seen a snake with a model do gold with Nothing. turds. Nothing. <laughs> like they, yeah, they legitimately like turned a gold into a turd or turd a turd into gold. So there is snake magic, but you know sometimes you can smoke out the magic. It slithers away quite often. Yeah, he, he smoked it away. He drank it away. He did something uh, away I with know, it. But we don't want to shit on Jake. How about best performer? Pillman Steamboat. I mean, Pillman Steamboat. Pillman Steamboat. Medusa. 
Medusa. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Rhodes is always. I mean, Paulie no. Paul e going. Yeah, Paulie Paul e with the promo. Paulie over yeah. Medusa, but we all side with Medusa because fuck you, Paulie. That was not cool, and we do not approve. Okay, Anything surprising on this show that uh, sucks so bad? I mean, no, no, I was surprised so with crowd, the smart crowd. I was surprised by the smart crowd, and like I saw multiple Chono signs. I was surprised by that. There was a tag match early on that was pretty good. Like, yeah, the, the, the six they, man tag honestly, at the beginning was the, the, was fun. Yeah, the six man heel versus heel. I mean, maybe the second best for, match. Surprising for me was Shane Douglas is back in the WCW at yeah. this point, so. It was good to see him. Or no, because uh, never I'm mind. A, I'm a big Shane Douglas. The guy, heel versus so. heel match was on Champions. I'm wrong. Yeah, yeah. Well, that match was good. <laughs> Put it here. Let's uh, you know, do some surgery. But yeah, it's a tolerable show. Mm, Easy to chew. For me. This was like a this what was like a um, a McDonald's cheeseburger. Or watching this shit. Oh. Uh, if anybody's paid attention no, to my Facebook on. page, you'll see all my happy Nobody wants to go. about how excited I was to go, like, literally. Yeah, I get to go to the dentist. You today. like going to the dentist? I, I didn't go for close to 20 years, and when I went back for that first time, it wasn't anything, like, as horrible as I thought it was going to be, and it's just been a breeze since then. Oh, yeah. All right. I like my dentist. Oh, if Matt, I know Matt would he rather watch this show than go to the dentist. Oh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, most surprising, most surprising that JR, for as much as people love and respect him, just can't seem to get enough of fucking Dr. Death. That's um, not surprising at all at this point. No, no. <laughs> yeah, I, normally I can find a surprising or. Something. I guess my I biggest can't... surprise was that the show wasn't worse. Because I expected it to like piss me off, and it didn't really ever piss me off. I was just like, eh, fine, whatever. Moving on. You're the only one that didn't. I know. Maybe it was just the mood I was in. I'm not sure. And now for a look back even further into the history of wrestling. The Dusty Finish. After holding onto the title for a little over a month, Ric Flair would meet Carrie Von Erich in Irving, Texas on May 6th, 1984. At the first Von Erich Memorial Parade of Champions, the show was held in memory of David Von Erich, who had passed away earlier in the year. David was supposed to be challenging Flair at some point, but with his premature death, Kerry would take the Nature Boy on, winning the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship. Kerry Von Erich, born 1960 in Niagara Falls, New York, was the son of Fritz Von Erich and the fourth of six brothers in the family. Von Erich would make his debut in his father's promotion, NWA Texas Big Time Wrestling, in 1979. He would win many regional championships, but he didn't become a main event mainstay until he would defeat Harley Race in a match in 1982. The Von Erichs would join forces to feud with the fabulous Freebirds, trading the NWA six-man tag team championships between them for many years. After winning the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship, he would continue to work until a motorcycle accident would nearly end his life, and forcing the doctors to amputate his right leg. But Von Erich would make his comeback only eight months later. Kerry Von Erich would make his way to the WWF, winning an Intercontinental Championship during his time, and would be inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame, along with the rest of the Von Erich family, for their contributions to the world of wrestling. 
Kerry Von Erich would hold the NWA belt for 18 days when he and Ric Flair would meet again in Yokosuka, Japan on May 24, 1984. The Nature Boy would win in a controversial way as Von Erich had his feet on the ropes, but Nature would carry the NWA banner for over two years, which would include the introduction of Big Gold. Bum, bum, bum. The Von Erichs were from Texas. What is this born in Niagara Falls deal? Are they transplants? Are they not real Southern boys? They're real Americans, but they're not real Texans. Oh, wow. Crazy, because they're so beloved in Texas wrestling I'm history. I'm sure they moved to Texas. They break kayfabe for all these years, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just curious. That was like one of the things where I was like, oh, I also didn't know that he really won the title for that small stint, because you got to put it in, take it off. You don't do it on TV. I get it. Like, So it's no big deal. Just cool. But I didn't know when you said Niagara Falls. I was like... But they're from Texas. I mean, you were born in Massachusetts, but would you consider yourself a Massachusetts or Massachusetts? I, mean, I was born in California, but I mean, whatever, I've lived, you know, I've lived my, the majority of my life. Your dad. Maybe you were your dad. That was my dad's from Massachusetts, but I, like, yeah. But I, uh, I don't know. I mean, that's a. You're you're not wrong. I was just I was just like I thought they were good old boys, and you know they're good old boy transplants. Nothing wrong with that. I mean, they probably moved there like when they were like two, so they are yeah, yeah. good old boys from Texas. I just figured that the dad was uh, southern as well. Maybe they were uh, visiting the falls. His name was you... Fritz. How southern <laughs> does that sound? Von Eric. Fritz? I don't know. Pretty, 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 pretty southern? I don't know. Just sure. I thought maybe, maybe you'd have an answer. You do all this beautiful research. Next week, Saturday night main event 31. Ooh. I imagine something uh, good is happening, or interesting, or, pi- or pivotal, if we're watching a Saturday Night Main event. Hey, it'll be better than this shit that it'll we be It'll be through. shorter, and it'll probably be it's better because of it. Debut of a certain bad guy, you know. Mm. Um, oh. You know. Um, hey, yo, check me out. Maybe a title change of some sort, possibly. Really? You know? My God. Who knows what's going to happen? I well, do. Wake I wake up early it just to watch the show the tomorrow back morning. Then. And I've watched it since then, too. But it's in Indiana, so if you have any of those mm. recipe ideas for Shane O'Mac, yes. send those in. You can always use some... Uh, what do they eat in Indiana? Just like some unbuttered corn? Well, we had our uh, our fried pork, t- or pork tenderloin sandwich from there already for WrestleMania uh, 8. Yeah, that sounds right. Something like that. That sounds right. So yeah, we've we've been in Indiana once. So give me give me give me some ideas, some some food, some beverage. If you know somebody that lives in Indiana, call them and say, hey, what the hell are you eating? So I can tell this guy that I don't know to make it. They're eating bender back PB and J's. You can send those to our email at wrestlinghistoryx at gmail dot com, or you can hit us up on Twitter at wrestlinghistox. That's wrestling H I S T O X. But if you like the music from this week's show, you can find that it was Duel by Steve Martin. That's the opening theme music. The Jerk? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> and then Sting won the final match, so we play Turbo Charge. Bum, bum, bum. I don't have a lot of energy here. And if you like this episode or any of our other rules, please go out there and write and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you find your podcasts at. We'll talk to you next week. Laters.